0: When Thomas Nicholas was a freshman at SUNY New Paltz, his roommate committed suicide. Producer Caleb Smith tells the story of how Thomas dealt with this aftermath. You know, the first time, the first, I guess, anniversary, um, that was very hard. That made me cry a lot. That voice belongs to Thomas Nicholas, a junior at SUNY New Paltz who studies environmental biology. I was able to sit down with Tom as he told me about his heartbreaking experience here on campus. So uh, my first year here was sucked. Um, I wasn't very happy about moving away to college at first, um, but obviously I did my best to cope with that and like, you know, my, one of my best friends from home I was living with. You know, I lived in Lanape, which is a really nice dorm, so you know, I did, I did the best I could to create a, a comfortable situation for myself. And so frisbee was a huge thing because I always wanted to play frisbee in high school. And joining the frisbee team here was like a really positive experience for me. And so at that point in time, probably around the middle of the year, things started looking pretty good. I was feeling a lot better. And then once the second semester rolled around, my friend Eric, who he he came to live with me, uh, he took his life uh, early in the semester. And that created a cascade of just horrible feelings about the school, about life, you know, that put me in a place that I've never been before and I uh, struggled through a lot of depression during that time. I came home one afternoon and uh, he was there um, unresponsive and uh, I called 911 and um, he was, you know, they, they told me to do CPR but I was like, no, like it's I think it's a little late for that. I think he was there for a few hours. Um, and eventually, you know, I was obviously uh, hiss- in hysterics. And, uh, yeah, the police came and ambulance came. And uh, I have to say the school handled that situation probably very, very poorly. Um, the way they handled the students in the building and the way they handled me and my other roommate, Bennett, um, they really didn't help us in any way. Well I actually sat in the police station for about two hours until counselors could come. Then they brought us back to the dorm and we talked to the detective and then we talked to some counselors for a few hours before um, his parents came and then my girlfriend drove me home at the time. Um, But obviously the school did nothing to reach out to us or help us really in any way. Um, That was the only time we ever heard from the counselors. Two and a half weeks, I stayed home. Just kind of figured everything out, um, you know. Talked to his family and all my friends came home because we've all you know been friends since high school. So um, a lot of my friends came back home, and you know we did you know the wake and the funeral. It was just really hard because especially after that time, like I, I, I very much removed myself from other people. I don't. I wouldn't say like it was a negative isolation, but I. I very much was like, well, this is all like superficial and like you know there's still people that grieve um, on his Facebook page and like you know that's that's sometimes very hard for me to see and like but I've grown and matured and have a different perspective on life. So then what, what is that perspective on life now? Um well so at first when everything happened like dealing with death and things of that nature were like very difficult for me to um, interpret and like understand. Like, even, like, you know, within that time of, of grieving, you know, watching somebody get shot in an action movie would really, like, d- devastate me. And, like, death was, like, like was very bothering to me. but. Um, you know, as things moved on, like, I, I opened my mind to different things. Um, a lot of Eastern philosophy, Um, I took this great class here, actually, um, Great Books of Asia, and that, you know, the professor uh, Fenkel, you know, opened my mind to things that I didn't know, like, existed. You know, and I started really, you know, as a a biologist, finding answers in nature, and like the order of things, and the order of the universe, and how the universe, Is conspiring with you for you to be you and to continue to survive and like nature is the all driving force of reality and everything in front of you and that has helped me cope with death a lot and understanding that you know we're all just water sacks that are self-aware and we're all gonna die dealing with that and and finding purpose in your own being and in the greater good that, and understanding your place in the cosmos, can I think give great joy and like understanding your place in the bigger picture. And like, just understanding that like things happen and you either die or you keep going and get better. You know when something bad happens, like you're you're gonna keep going. So you're gonna have to grow and you're gonna have to overcome your obstacles. Growing out of that and um, healing, I guess, like really has changed my perspective on things and, and learning all these new things and being open to them has allowed me a channel of, un- of understanding that has given me peace that I believe allows me to be happy day to day. Tom has been able to find peace without letting go of Eric. And he brings Eric with him everywhere, thanks to his tattoo. That is on my right calf. And um, has his name, uh, Eric Vandalar. Um And it's an image of a molecule known as DMT, which um, is a molecule that's uh, born in living things. Most living things actually produce this. When humans die, um, This chemical is released into your, you know, soup of chemicals in your brain, and it pretty much gives the experience of death and, like, you know, out-of-body experience that, like, you basically meet your creator. So that's kind of a tribute to him as his, you know, his final journey into the unknown. What about that time when it comes around to the day that you found Eric? You know, the first time, the first, I guess, anniversary, um, that was very hard. That made me cry a lot. But, you know, as, as it moves on, you know, it's that time of year is always, like, really rough. I You know, I always... It's not like I don't think about it and don't relive it, but I've definitely come to a point where I'm in control of those feelings. And I remember at uh, Eric's funeral, there was probably about a foot and a half of snow on the ground. And my one friend turned to me and he's like, you know, the snow is just like Eric. It's so gentle and soft, but it still leaves such an impact and that you know that's something i constantly think of that quote whenever it snows